Hey there, on this July 28, 2021, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. It's a wonderful morning. Oh, there's Brother Dennis and dear grandmother and so fine folks on this morning. We're going to get started. Just going ahead. Mama Bell will not be able to join us this morning, so we can't pick with her today. But uh, on this uh, morning, I would like to uh, bring something to your attention uh, very quickly. Number one, how bright are these glorious spirits that shine whence all their white ray. How came they to the bliss seats of everlasting day? These are they from suffering great who came to realms of light and in the blood of Christ have washed their robes which shine so bright. Amongst pastures green to lead his flocks where living streams appear and God the Lord from every eye shall wipe every tear I thought that was very interesting to begin our Wednesday begin our moment of thought together if you will and I thought about that or I prepared that for our conversation this morning because uh, I'm sure many of you watch the news and you're paying attention to what's going on in the Olympics and there was a a issue on Tuesday and yesterday where one of the competitors uh, removed themselves from competition those that competitor being Simone Biles and she did so it's a very long piece of business or a lot going on to why she did it but the most part is it shows the increasing need to discuss the struggle of how uh, these days and times our mental our minds the health of our minds is very very fragile And so this morning, I wanted to ask of you in your personal time to pray for our minds. There was a lot of, uh, sticking to that conversation, there's a lot of people on the Internet who was, and all over the world, should I say, or not all over the world, rather, but all over the, the areas of communication. That's a nice way to put it. 
who was being very mean and how dare you do such a thing and all sorts of good stuff. And and you could see a lack of empathy, lack of caring. Uh, now, if that person or anybody of that nature had a went and jumped off a bridge, we would have had a national day of mourning. But when someone tells you that they are having a series of struggles that could lead to that, if they catch themselves, oh, they're weak and they're lazy and all this other good stuff, as long as you don't go do nothing, you're fine. You should get up. But the moment you're in trouble, that's when we want to. We're very hypocritical in our society. Then the other thing that interests me about this conversation is that I, I, it spoke to me like it did on Sunday, if you will, where I just come to the conclusion that you find that most folks that do a lot of talking, folks ain't doing it with their life. But it's easy to kind of get upset, kind of get broken, beat up when you have people who <laughs> are really not worth your time seemingly having the loudest voices. So in your our moment of quiet personal meditation, as we connect with our creator, our discussing our petitions, it says over in Philippians, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You wish to do that here very quickly and then my dear grandmother will pray for us and we will move on very quickly I'll give you some time Fathers, we come to you. We just want to tell you thank you. We thank you, O oh God, for this beautiful day you have let us see. We thank you, God, to be able to move about. We thank you, God, that you got us closed in our right mind with the activities of our limbs. And, God, we just thank you for that today. And as we come this morning, God, we pray, God. We pray for those, oh God, that struggling with mental health. We pray for those that's minds is trying to go away from them. And God, we pray for minds this morning. We pray for these people, oh God. God, you knows about all people that need your help this morning. 
We lift them up before you right now, and we ask you, oh God, to minister to them, because you made that body. You know what they need. You knows the aches and the pains and the fragile, God. And we asking you right now, God, please have mercy upon them. Give them the strength they need, God. Help them to look to you for what's coming their health and strength, health and strength, God. You knows all about them, and we said thank you this morning. Bless this hour, God. Bless these, uh, everyone that's on this listening call this morning, God. We pray, God, that we will come together in one band of Christian love and just hold these people up and, t- and asking you to have mercy on them. Oh, God, we just thank you today. Bless our, minister, our pastor today, God. Minister to him. Use him to your glory, God. Word his mouth, God, that he might bring to us what you want us to know. Oh, God, we just thank you this morning. We praise you and we magnify your name. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I uh, am going to read one of those hymns that has been floating around here. And then I will... uh, give you a let me see yeah I'm going to do that read one of these hymns lyrical meditation I feel like we haven't been doing that in a while there is a redeemer by Melody Green Melody Green it says there is a redeemer Jesus God's own son precious lamb of God Messiah Holy One Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, for sinners slain, Messiah, Holy One. When I stand in glory, I will see his face. There I'll serve my King forever in that holy pace. Then it says, thank you, oh, Father, my father for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till work on earth is done i thought that was a very appropriate piece of uh, lyricalness to hear this morning and remember simone bell is not here she has some uh, issues that is going on so in her place we will uh, add in a, another very quiet moment
Isaiah chapter 41 mm-hmm. verse 10 mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 and it reads do not fear for I am with you do not be afraid for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will hold on to you with my right hand my righteous right hand praise the Lord I wanted to this morning use this for a backdrop in our conversation God won't let go I was having a moment when I was reading the stories that was going on as it pertains to the young lady in the Olympics, Madam Simone Biles. As I was reading and hearing and watching the comments that was going on on the Internet, and uh, I was listening to some of the reports that was coming out about her and Something struck me in one of those reports when they were uh, throwing out uh, her ailments, if you will. One of those ailments was ADHD. Uh, ADHD is attention deficit uh, hypertension disorder, which often uh, begins in childhood and can persist into adulthood. ADHD contributes uh, possibly to low self-esteem, troubled relationships, difficulty at school and work. It includes limited attention and hyperactivity and therapy and need of medication. ADHD spoke to me because I have some experience with ADHD. I was one of those young persons who, uh, when the pill money was going around, if you will, was selected and forcefully to participate in these activities. And it spoke to me when I was hearing about her, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but one of the commentators that I was listening to said, you know, uh, I think someone called into his program, and he was very forceful with him. And he asked the man, he said, what do you do? And the man was berating her and how she turned on her nation, and you shouldn't turn on your nation and all this other good stuff. And the commentator said, again, what do you do? Well, I, I, I work at Walmart, but that's not the point. He said, no, 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 yes, it is the point. 
He said, because I play football or played football. This commentator, I should mention, was a former player for the NFL, a kicker, if you will, which is the same thing, tomato, tomato. He said, I played in the NFL, and I know what it's like to go into the locker room and lace up the boots to hit the field where the lights and the cameras and you find people are who live vicariously through us. It's very hard. It's very, very hard to carry that weight. And I just played football and had to potentially get you a championship. This young lady has to get a whole nation a championship, and you're belittling her because she had a mental disruption, ADHD, mental breakdown. It's a wonderful thing that we have lived in a time where we would find folks face first in the shores of creeks. That would become a national story. We would have a day of mourning. We would go out to that creek and put flowers and roses and all sorts of things down to commemorate those persons or that person who had taken their lives. But when we're in proactive prevention mode, they're weak, they're lazy, just one of them young folks that don't want to do anything with their lives. Isn't it amazing how the conversation is not important until it's drastic? Isn't it amazing how no one cares until it pulls on their heartstrings? You can go around your locations, churches, jobs, what have you, and you can tell your boss you don't feel good. You can tell your boss you're tired. You can tell your boss or your church members or whatever that you're just worn out and nobody cares as long as you're dragging there with one leg wobbling and the other one you got to hold up. As long as you show up and you're breathing, nobody cares. But the moment you're in the hospital, the moment that something of other significance happens to you. Oh, we got to pray for Sister John. We got to pray for brother. Lord bless him. Lord, Lord. But when Sister John and Brother Jim was telling you they had these problems, nobody cared. Nobody cared. So I thought about our text today. Because as I was having my moment of uh, struggle with ADD, uh, talked about low self-esteem, talked about uh, trouble with relationships, difficulties at school and what have you. But what it doesn't tell you is that a lot of these struggles, these issues, if you will, typically happen amongst young people who come from environments that just do not allow for them to keep up. What do I mean? It's easy 
to have low self-esteem when everything around you is low. If everybody's putting you down, if everybody's criticizing you, if everybody's telling you how bad you are, what the system wants is you to take the pressures of negativity, take the struggles of people yapping, take all of that stuff, and then somehow you can rise above all that and keep your head high and put your chest out. And if you can't do that, well, there's something wrong with you. Here's the pill. Go sit down. You come to school and they constantly move the goalposts. They constantly have you learning one thing today, and as soon as you master that, then they have changed it, and now you have to learn something else. And because you can't flip on the dime, well, here's the pill. Go sit down. In relationships where you were not great at making friends, well, uh, that's a struggle because if I live on one side of town, but you're constantly forcing me to go and participate in programs that with people who don't even speak my language, so to speak, and believe it or not, if you really want to get down to the allergic induced section of the onion, if I come from a single-family home in the ghetto, you're constantly putting me with middle to high class into two-parent home individuals. We don't talk the same language. So because they're talking about their parents' Rolls Royce, and my mama has a little pickup with a busted-up fender, we don't talk the same language. Here's the pill. Go sit down. I remember being in that environment where they told me, "Well, uh, Mr. Eric, you you you're struggling. You you can't really pay attention. You need this pill and, and all this other good stuff." And there were some days that grandmother wouldn't give me the pill. You know the story. There's some days she gave it to me and. There's a lovely spot that sits right under the tongue. I'm sure many of you know about that spot. You can hide a lot of things under that, that little pocket down there. You ever met that pocket? Okay. Hide pills down there and then spit it out when they turn it back. I hid a lot of them ADHD pills down there. They were nasty and making me sick. They made me feel worse than I was before I even started. So I would hide those pills, and I would spit them out. Then I would get in the car, and I had all these, these. Uh, well, I had another problem before we get to the car. I couldn't read. I couldn't focus long enough on my reading. And so uh, I would get in the car, and we would drive from the house where we were over in uh, the Ballantyne section in Norfolk, and there was a school right there on 2861. The building is still there, Princess Anne Road. That was the old bowling park. It just now moved the uh, school down further down yonder and called it Richard Bowling. They were both the same thing, but one was just bowling park, and now it bears uh, Pastor Bowling, who was 
one of the pastors of First Baptist Butte Street here in Norfolk. It bears his full name, the New School does. And so between that drive, there you have all these different cars, Grandma Wood, and, and I can't tell you that I remember all of the scriptures that were in those cars, but this one popped out in my head, popped out in my head for years. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee, yea, I will incur with the I, I didn't. I messed it up there because I haven't read that translation in a while. Please forgive me. But I got it. I got it for the most part. And I would go through that and go through that and go through that. And I found that that text was not only teaching me how to read, teaching me how to memorize, which were part of the main issues that the system had told me that I was incapable of doing. But it was working on my confidence. I needed confidence. So I would sit there and I would read those scriptures and I was forced to memorize them. They were in the car like flashcards inside of this Bible that had a little green Bible cover on it with a little zipper on the front. You would get in the car, open that zipper and out, pop these little flashcards on little five, three-by-five cards that Granny had sat down and wrote these verses on. And every now and again, as you go through the cards, like one of your flashcard drills, you would read your text, and she would sit there and say, you can't look up. you got to read all of them before you get before you get in the car over there on Kelly Avenue. By the time you get to Merrimack Avenue and Hollister, you got to read all those cards. Just keep reading. And eventually, things around me stopped mattering. I started to focus. I can ride in that car and I could read those things, and, and a meteor could strike right next to the right side of the car near my door, and I wouldn't pick my head up. I'd learn to focus. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will help thee, yea, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. See, I got it now. I told you, I didn't forget. I just I haven't read that translation in a while. A lot of translations. That's the King James translation. That's all we was reading back then, if you remember. So I learned to focus. I learned confidence. I stopped being afraid. I started to realize that there was nothing I could not do. I can do all things through Christ. I was in there too, you know, when those cards said that. I read that. Those cards got me through elementary school. I passed Bowling Park and went over to Blair. And on those cards, I passed Blair and went over to Maury, rose to the top of Maury High School in the NJROTC department on those cards. And then came the piece of business that was not supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to get out of high school, you know. When I got out of middle school, they said, well, yeah, that was a fluke. But high school is going to get you that. You're not going to make that one. Well, that was a lie. And then 
became the kicker. I went to college. Oh, I remember like yesterday when that letter arrived and said you had been accepted. I was so happy. If I can find it right here, you can still see the little droplets of granite tears on it. I had been accepted to college. I was going to college. I was going to be college educated. Yes, I was. On them little three-by-five cards. And I got to college. I walked in that door August 2004. And I went to a public speaking class. I failed that class. If I could just go ahead and give you a spoiler. And the teacher looked at me and she said, you can't speak. You get up in front of a class and you lock up. I was going to college, if I could just backtrack, just to give you some context, because uh, the truth of the matter is for a young man who had never been told about college because he wasn't supposed to go, he was always told that he would never make it, I didn't have a plan. I was the guy who all I ever liked was church. I just wanted to be a little preacher. That's all I ever knew. Grandmama told me to go and work in computers. She said, you're going to do something in computers. <laughs> oh, I hate when she's right. This here first virtual ain't nothing but computers. But I won't go. I, no, no, computers is not where it is. You, you're not going to be in computers. I was over there just so I can go back a little bit more. It all makes sense in the end. I was over there in the eighth grade, and I was uh, grandmother started that computer conversation right about there. And I was in uh, TSA, Technology Student Association, over at Blad Middle School. And, and when I wasn't there in TSA, I was upstairs in what they call FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. And, and between TSA and FBLA, I would go around to different competitions and programs, what have you. I think I have, yes, somewhere around here, uh, maybe upstairs, two trophies from those events that I attended. I was good. It was my happy place, if you will. It was where I could exercise the reality that I could do all things. But but computers, it's not, you know, no, no. If you're not going to uh, achieve in academia, you can't roll your R's properly and make a perfect line on the middle point of the T and circle in the dot so beautifully above the slash to inform the people that you have just made an I. If you can't do that, then no, no, that, that is where you must, Focus your attention, young man. That computer stuff is pointless, they said. And I was in that class with the likes of Mark Zuckerberg. You know him. I think he's done all right. I'm not sure. He was in a wasted class. I, I, I think he's the guy that started some site. I don't know if you heard of it, some, little, some site called Facebook. 
worth now some 300 and something million dollars. And that's just on the stock, on the stock exchange list. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about how much it's worth per capita as it pertains to cash on hand and the company's worth and equity and what have you. Just just in stock money is about 300 some odd million. Look, company, I don't know. Some think, look, company. He was in that class. But computers weren't where it was. No, no, you ain't going to do that. You ain't going to do that. You ain't going to do that. You can do everything that, that I like. That, that's not what you're supposed to do. And so they forced you into these systems that society said it was supposed to be. And then they wondered why you failed. Well, you just have low self-esteem. You can't pay attention. You, you're horrible in, in education. You're horrible in this. You're horrible in that. Here's your little blue pill. Go sit down. Take your medication. Did you see the nurse today? Okay. Until back to college, I'm there. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a mission statement. So I'm sitting there in school, not knowing anything, except for I was good at being a preacher. That was probably one of the only things that nobody had ever taken from me, at least not fully they hadn't. But I'm in front of this class, and I can't speak. Kind of remind me of Brother Moses. He said, I got this speech problem. What are you calling me for? How you like my memory, by the way? I'll just throw that out there. Jeremiah, I can't talk. I'm just a kid. They don't listen to me. When I'm up there in that speech class, and the teacher told me, she said, you got 10 minutes. I probably did it in five. I couldn't go any longer than that. I stalled out. She said, well, boy, I'm going to tell you something. She was a black lady, too. I always said something for the most part, and I I don't mean to to pick hard, but the sad reality is for the most part, all black people ever did is give me a hard way to go. I'm sad to say that. That's just the facts of my life. I got out of high school because a little old single white lady who gave up her lunch sat right next to me for six whole months eating her bologna and cheese sandwich while she got me through geometry. The same class that two black folks had failed me three years before. I'm just saying, all black people gave me was a hard way to go. It's sad how we sometimes do our people, how we do ourselves. But nonetheless, I'm in this class of this black lady told me that I could not speak, told me that I would never formulate a sentence properly. Fast forward to now, sometimes you look on Sundays and Wednesdays, and not so much Wednesday because I watch the time more so on Wednesday than I do on Sundays, but the average conversation I've had since we've started has been somewhere between 40 and 50 minutes. You know, that's that's about 40 minutes over what I was supposed to do in class, and I one couldn't I couldn't do that. Remember? Now, sometimes I just sit here and talk just because I can. Just remind that lady in my head that she was a no good liar. I could do it. I can do all. I can talk. I can put a sense. Who are you to tell me what I? You ain't create you. You don't know me. I talk to that lady sometimes. 
in my head, writing these conversations and putting these things on paper just so I don't have to read it. I can do it. I don't need this pill. My mind is not bad. I tell myself that all the time as I'm struggling through my own problems. Then I realize that my mental health, the struggle with my mental health, has nothing to do with a chemical imbalance, even though there are some struggles and problems that happen in those areas, and I'm not trying to dismiss it. Psychiatry work is very, very significant, and if you find yourself in those predicaments, please talk to your doctor. It's very important. But in my case, it had nothing to do with psychiatric problems, had nothing to do with mental imbalance. It's just I was around a bunch of hell-no-good raisins. And those hell-no-good raisins had nothing good to say about me. And when I changed my environment, when I stop listening to people, when I stop allowing folks to influence, my confidence level change, my mind change. I begin to operate. I begin to know that I don't have to fear for God is with me. I can do all things through Christ. It all popped into my head and it became a reality in my world when the evils around me changed and I looked at that young lady in the Olympics. One of the pieces said that she was just saying, I'm going to distance myself from the noise. That's a key component to securing and bettering your mental health is learning how to distance yourself from the noise. As I conclude here in a minute, like I said, sometimes I do it just because I can. I ask of you something simple. There's a lot going on in this world, a lot of problems out here, they say, in these streets. A lot of stresses, troubles on every hand. He used to sit it down the church. Troubles on every side. We have a mountain and a not a mountain. We have a island of troubles. Yeah, that's what I was say. Seems like the devil lets you get out there to your 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 place, your happy place, and then he builds an island of nightmares and problems all around you. Like you're living in a sea called Job River. I've been broken. I've been perplexed. I've been destroyed. I've been beaten. All that seems to hit you every day, and it messes with your mental health. It messes with your mind. But I invite you to please consider. Fear not, for I am with you. If you get yourself your own little three-by-five card and do something else my granny used to do, she used to pin or tape these cards on the bathroom mirror. When you go in to wash up, brush your teeth, comb your hair, you have to see it because it's sitting right there on your mirror. Write that verse down. Fear not, for I am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, right hand doesn't have anything to do with Democrats and Republicans. That's just his hand. For all my evangelicals who want to go out there and say, see, notice how God is, he does everything with the right hand. That's symbolic. and got nothing to do with that. Stop making stuff up. Would you do that this morning? Would you consider that this morning? I believe it will help you. I really do. While you're sitting there quietly, Brother Dennis will give us a prayer in just a few moments. But before he does, I'm going to ask you to do something not just for me, but for yourself. I think it might help you a little bit. We have these moments of quiet around here. We've been doing that for some time now. And the reason why we have these moments of quiet is because it's easy for the preacher to pray and us to sit there and listen. And most time we probably don't pay attention because the preacher's up there hollering and screaming about something that makes no difference to us. But when you have a quiet moment, you can deal with all the voices in your head. Something about quiet, it just brings up all the demons. While you're sitting there quietly, can you lay all that stuff out? Now that you've heard this conversation and maybe thought, brought some thoughts to your head, maybe this verse hits you in, in a specific way that I did not mention. Have a quiet moment to discuss that with your creator, with your father. He's a friend too, you know. All in one. Isn't that nice? It's like a one shop for everything deliverance. Take a quiet moment and then Brother Dennis will will close us in prayer. Father God, Father God, we thank you for this message that we heard this morning. Um, we understand that you are the great physician, you are the great healer. Sometimes we have to just step back and like Eric said, take that quiet time. Think about what he provides for us and what he does for us and, you know, talk to him. I, talk, I say that all the time. You know, I, I teach young ones and I tell them, you know, everybody knows how to pray. And uh, that's just like we're talking right now. That's the way we talk to God. And uh, we don't have to be fancy and really and bows and thou not and etc but you know god hears us he hears us when we pray to him and uh, we just lift everyone up we lift everyone up that's on this call this morning and just give them the strength to face what lies ahead we'll be with our country be with our nation be with our leaders and just just give them the right direction in which to go in and uh, you know sometimes pressure is is something we don't know, we don't understand totally, and, you know, what people's minds, as uh, somebody says, you know, we can't get in other people's minds. That's not who we are. The only one that can be in other people's minds is God, and God knows what everybody's going through, and, and we have to understand that, and we have to be brave enough to ask him to give us direction, 
give us the right direction, give us the direction in which we need to pray, in which we need to thank Him, in which we need to glorify Him all the time. Lord, again, we just give you the praise and honor. Just give us the strength to be quiet. Sometimes we just need to be quiet and listen to the voice of God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.